2: Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll talk about Dalton Nixon's recovery from that double ankle sprain that he suffered just a couple of weeks ago and the anticipated return of his timeline. A good story from Jeff Cole in the Deseret News we need to touch on. Also, need to get to your guys' mailbag, our weekly mailbag segment here on the podcast once there's some of your questions, and obviously catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News as usual a lot of all-academic honors for multiple student-athletes in the West Coast Conference that will highlight for you on today's show, as well as talking about softball and baseball beginning their weekend series as well. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network, and with that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for February 27th, 2020. <coughs> What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah for my day job. And thanks again for taking the time to join us here on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A lot to get to on today's show, but a reminder for you guys, if you're brand new to this podcast, Locked On Cougars aims to be your one-stop shop for all of the BYU sports news and insider information that you cannot find anywhere else. So thanks in advance for joining us each and every day. We're here for you guys to keep you updated on all of the news when it comes to the Cougars. Let's start off today talking BYU basketball. Obviously, the number 17-ranked Cougars moved up six spots in the AP poll earlier this week. Uh, They had the weekly bye this week in the West Coast Conference, how they schedule things. And BYU kind of got it funny this year where their byes, where they don't play a Thursday game essentially, or you only play one game in a week, happened to be the first week of conference play and the last week. So BYU begins their preparation or has been preparing all week long. Long to take on Pepperdine. We'll be down at media availability for that this afternoon uh, to talk with coaches and players. We'll have more on the game tomorrow from them as they get ready to travel to Firestone Fieldhouse. But a big story, obviously, is how soon can BYU get Dalton Nixon back? The six-foot-seven forward has just been a key cog in BYU season to this point. He's been a big-time shooter from three for the Cougars, and he suffered a horrific double ankle sprain just a few weeks ago, and the Cougars uh, need him back as soon as possible. Uh, The good news is, and this comes from a story by Jeff Call in the Daily Herald, he spoke with Kevin Nixon, of course, Dalton Nixon's father, a former BYU star in his own right. Uh, Nixon actually had less soft tissue damage than originally anticipated, which is good news considering uh, BYU thought there was a chance he may miss the entirety of the rest of the season with that double ankle sprain that he suffered. So we'll we'll see what happens for Dalton uh, coming up here but according to his father the expectation is that he'll be back on the court when BYU starts up in the NCAA tournament on that Thursday it would be 5 weeks to the day after he got injured and I'm hopeful they can get him back on the court I don't know exactly in terms of how effective he can be because having an inside and outside ankle sprain is just awful and I'm honestly stunned he didn't dislocate his ankle on that play and Yeah, you feel for a young man like this because Dalton Nixon has just been a warrior his entire career for BYU. The ultimate team guy, willing to take on whatever role uh, BYU basketball wanted him to take on. He'd been shooting the three at a high clip this year, really playing well as an inside-outside player in the post for BYU and To see him play in the NCAA tournament would be a fantastic addition for BYU's chances in that game, regardless of however healthy he might be. I I think that he's got the ability to to really help out. Obviously, that injury against Loyola Marymount on February 13th, it was not something you wanted to see because it looked like a dangerous play, honestly, because he got pushed from behind, obviously, landed awkwardly in the stanchion, then his foot got all jacked up and it's good to hear that the soft tissue damage was less uh, than anticipated but still Dalton Nixon has been a key cog for BYU this year and obviously you hope to see him back on the court in short order and maybe even a little bit sooner than that maybe he could get some action in the West Coast Conference Tournament to get himself back integrated with the team but I think that's a long shot at this point and the expectation is that yeah he'll be available on that Thursday when BYU opens up play in the NCAA Tournament in mid-March and it's still man a t- that's a tough turnaround to have two an- a double ankle sprain and an ankle that got absolutely ravaged and think he's back in five weeks, but here's hoping that all goes well and that uh, he, uh, as I've said on Twitter, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. I've tweeted at Kevin, hey, keep going Mr. Miyagi on, on Dalton. We need him back soon, so we'll see what happens in that regard. Uh, one other note for you and the BYU basketball front I wanted to touch on in the first part of today's podcast is the BYU's annual tournament that they travel to in the non-conference has been announced. They'll be playing in the Basketball Travelers Men's Junkanoo Jam on the island of Bimini in the Bahamas that'll run from November 17th to 21st. BYU will play Boston College, George Mason University, and Tulsa in a round-robin tournament during those four days. Uh, teams and fans will stay at the Hilton at Resorts World. Bimini, the official partner of the Junkanoo Jam, uh, Bimini is the closest island to Hawaii, uh, not to Hawaii, to Florida, excuse me. Uh, Fifty miles off the coast of Hawaii, apparently known as Ernest Hemingway's favorite escaped favorite escape during his lifetime. I think it'll be a fun thing for BYU fans, particularly those on the East Coast, a little bit easier to travel to a tournament that's out there in the Bahamas versus having to come west for a tournament in Hawaii or the like. So cool to see BYU's announcement there. And yeah, if you want to have some fun and make a pre-Thanksgiving trip next year. Well, I don't think the Bahamas is a bad place to go, so check it out, guys. BYU participating in the Men's Junkanoo Jam, the 2020 version of the Men's Junkanoo Jam, Island of Bimini in the Bahamas. Once again, November 17th through the 21st, 2020. All right, coming up next, we're gonna get to your guys's mailbag questions. A number of them that have been unanswered. I need to get to on our weekly edition of the mailbag. We'll get to that before we do that, though. Listening to this podcast can be as simple as using your voice. And I'm serious about this. You don't have to lift a finger to catch up on the latest in BYU news with the Locked on Cougars podcast. And all you got to do is tell your smart device, whether you plug your smartphone into your car when you're driving around, making your commute to or from work or just running errands, or even if you're just at home with your smart speakers, everybody's got an Alexa or or a Google or whatever, an iHome, whatever you've got, tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked on Cougars podcast. And there you go. It'll be right there for you guys. Like I said, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information you cannot find anywhere else, and it makes it real easy to use your voice. Tell your smart device, play the latest episode of Locked On Cougars, and we'll be right there with you for the ride or just to keep you entertained while you're on the home front.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30.
2: All right, it's that time of the week. Let's get to your guys' questions that have come in uh, via social media. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked Cougars. You can follow my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. DMs are open on both of those accounts, especially on Twitter, if you want to drop us a note there with your questions. Or you can also email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out to us. Let's get to some of your questions. Let's start off with a question that came in earlier this week from... Uh, Uh, from McKay Allen at McKay underscore Allen. He says, I know this is a weird time of year to ask, but do you know, have any idea how Jesse Wade's surgery slash injury recovery is progressing? Thanks for a great podcast. I enjoy listening each weekday. McKay. I thank you for listening to the show each and every day. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't gotten an update on uh, Jesse Wade. I actually asked that during media availability today, but what I've heard is that the expectation is they're going to have him back this fall, uh, preparing to be part of BYU's rotation in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, Wade, one of the better players that has come out of high school basketball in the state of Utah in recent memory, originally signed with Gonzaga, spent a year with the Zags before before transferring to BYU. He sat out an entire season last year due to NCAA transfer rules. And then this year had a knee injury that has just kind of precluded him from contributing in a meaningful way, underwent surgery and exploratory surgery to see what might be the matter. And since then, It's kind of been uh, quiet, but not necessarily because BYU wants it to be quiet. I think it's because with all the other things going on, as you said, it's a weird time to ask, McKay, but with everything else going on, we haven't necessarily focused on that. So I'm actually going to ask for an update today from Mark Pope on McKay. Jesse Wade, so McKay, stay tuned for that on tomorrow's podcast. Make sure to get that for you. But as I've been told, and what I've been hearing is the expectation is he he is going to be part of BYU's rotation next year after missing almost well, actually it'll be two full seasons of not playing. You'd like to see him back on the field and contributing in a meaningful role because obviously he's a competitor. He wants to play the sport he's grown up playing and loved, and it'd be cool to see him get his opportunity to do so. And we'll see what happens with that. Another question that came in. I uh, came in from a good friend of ours, Sean. Broderick, a good friend of mine, weighing in asking, hey, Jake, who would be your West Coast Conference Player of the Year and first team all-conference members? And it made me think about that because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how are we going to split this up? Are we going to go just off of West Coast Conference play, which is most what most conferences do with these postseason awards? And I, I, if you do that, I have a hard time saying that Yoli Childs is not the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. I understand he missed four games. During West Coast Conference play, but when he's been in the lineup for BYU, they are 15 and 2, and those two losses are narrow, narrow losses that absolutely could have been wins had uh, in one game against Utah, Yoli Child stayed healthy and not, not, since healthy, probably the wrong term, had he not been cramping and had been forced to leave the game. BYU could be undefeated with Yuli Childs in the lineup, and they'd have a number of more number more wins if he weren't having been suspended earlier this season. But just in West Coast conference play, he's been absolutely lights out. I think he's been the best player on the court for one of the best teams. I know that Gonzaga has the better conference record. I would guess that the media and the coaches will opt to feature somebody from Gonzaga like a Philip Petrusev. But for my money, Yoli Childs is my West Coast Conference player of the year. and that's I don't have a vote on the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, but I would pick Yoli Childs in that regard. And then to fill out my West Coast Conference all-conference team, you're allowed, I believe, 10 players by the West Coast Conference now, but I don't want to bore you guys naming 10 different players, but I'll name 5 that I think will be West Coast Conference all-conference honorees this season. And I'm going to start off with BYU players. I think that both Yoli Childs and TJ Haas should be on that list. Uh, Other players who should be on the list, Jordan Ford of from St. Mary's College, leading the uh, the conference in scoring 20.5 points per game. He's been a lights-out player. His teammate Malik Fitz, also an all-conference honoree in my mind. He's an average of 17.1 points per game. Had an absolutely monster performance in uh, St. Mary's game at BYU that ultimately the Cougars won, but he was lights-out in that game, so I think those two are on the list. I would put Philip Petrusev from Gonzaga on the list. He is third in the conference currently in scoring with 17.4 points points per game, and then second in the conference in rebounds per game at 7.8. I think he's been a lights-out player. He's been very talented and just very uh, steady for a Gonzaga team that I think has surpassed all expectations for them. Then other guys I would put on the list would include uh, uh, Colby Ross from Pepperdine, despite the Waves not having a great season to this point. Ross has been lights-out. Second in the conference in points per game with 20.2 on average. Also leading the conference in assists per game with 7.2. I think he Deserves a shout-out in that regard. And other guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Drew Timmy. Tim, I don't know how you say it correctly, from Gonzaga's been very good. I don't know if he'll necessarily get first-team honors, but I think he deserves a, a nod. A uh, guy like Jalil Tripp from Pacific has been very good as well. And then Cameron Edwards from Pepperdine. So there are a number of guys who deserve deserve consideration. And I forgot to put Jake Toulson from the BYU guys I would consider in that regard. And Gonzaga's such a weird... Uh, team to look at in this regard just because of the fact that they have so many players that contribute in so many different forms and fashions Killian Tilly has been lights out for the Zags at multiple points this season but has dealt with injury concerns in his own right does he get the nod as an all-conference guy despite his lack of games? similar to a conversation you'd have about Yoli Childs from BYU do guys like Drew Timmy I get that nod does a guy like Ryan Woolridge get the nod I would think that the slam dunk guy is Philip Petrusev for first team all-conference honors in the West Coast Conference, but knowing how good they've been all year long, there are going to be multiple guys from Gonzaga that get onto that team, even though maybe, in my opinion, Philip Petrusev probably is the only one that deserves first team considerations, and that's just me, and i probably got a biased view on that, but I would think that I would have Malik Fitz, this is probably my five I would put, Malik Fitz and Jordan Ford from St. Mary's, TJ Haas and Yoli Childs from BYU and Philip Petrusev from Gonzaga would be my first five I guess I would say when it comes to my all West Coast Conference team and that's maybe me being the biased B- BYU guy here. But those are the guys I would have on the list. All right, a couple final questions here coming from our good friend, Old School BYU. He sent in a number of questions. This is probably well over a month ago at this point, Old School, but they've been very relevant still, and we're going to get to a couple of them here. Let's start off with this, with uh, spring football beginning on Monday. He says, how, will, how much will coaches open up the competition at quarterback? Is it a true three-man race? I have to say, I think that you'll see all three quarterbacks, speaking of Baylor Romney, Jaron Hall, and Zach Wilson, get opportunities to show what they can do during spring ball for BYU. But do I think it's a true open race? Honestly, I don't. I think that Zach Wilson has the lead, and that's nothing against the other quarterbacks. I just feel like BYU feels like he is the quarterback that gives him the best opportunity to win at this point, has proven that he can get it done, and we'll see if he ultimately gets it done because he's played the toughest schedule of all these quarterbacks so far. I know that Baylor Romney beat a nationally ranked Boise State team. I get that. But Zach Wilson has played the likes of Tennessee, USC, etc. He's played the best competition BYU has faced amongst all three of these quarterbacks. I feel like it will be equal reps for all three quarterbacks in spring ball, old school, but do I think it's a true open race? I do not. I think Zach Wilson has the nod going into the 2020 season and he will have to be proven wrong or be have to prove himself to not be the guy to be taken out of the lineup and replaced by somebody else. That's just my opinion in that regard. And then one other note for you, another question here from old school before we go. He asked about, uh, who, are you, what are you expecting from Keanu Hill? A brief experience leads me to think he's a wide receiver one type of player. Speaking of Keanu Hill, the wide receiver from Euless Trinity High School down there in Texas, had some standout showings late in the season for BYU against some lesser competition. I do think he has the skill to be a rotation player for sure. I'm not sure he necessarily is a wide receiver one, but I'd be happy to be proven wrong old school. He has another question with that, uh, with a breakout performer this year at wide receiver, is Gunnar Romney ready? I think gunner has been working diligently to prepare himself to be the lead receiver for BYU this year as he goes into his junior season. We'll see if he can ultimately live up to the hype. He hasn't lived up to it so far, and I know it's been disappointing for some BYU fans, but I think guys that are on the roster right now for BYU wide receiver that are, could break out could be a guy like Dax Mill. I know he's shown some good things in the first two years of his BYU career, but now that he's kind of be given more of a responsibility with all of the seniors that graduated wide receiver, I could see him breaking out, and a guy to keep an eye on this is kind of a further out projection is Cody Epps. This kid did it all at Modern Day High School down there in Southern California. A standout player, their leading wide receiver at a powerhouse program, one of the best programs, if not the best high school football program in the country. I think that he has got something to prove. Will he be able to do it right away as a true freshman? We're going to find out. But I think it's a little bit of a longer play. But I do like guys like Keanu Hill, and I expect them to show out during spring ball when they get their opportunity to prove what they can do. So thanks again for all of your questions. Feel free to weigh in any Love doing mailbag segments each week on the podcast. And I thank you guys in advance for weighing in with your thoughts and also sending in your questions. Once again, follow the show on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. Follow my personal Twitter, Twitter feed at Jacob C Hatch. Also weigh in via email, locked on BYU at gmail.com. Alright, I'll catch up on some of the other new BYU news here in just a second. Uh, all conference honors being handed out by the West Coast Conference for academic prowess in the classroom for BYU student athletes. We'll get to that as well as talking about the games for BYU softball and baseball, as well as the other Thursday night schedule games tonight for BYU sports. Before we do that, though, a request for you guys if you you haven't done so already. Please leave us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider you're listening to us on. What it does with those podcast providers is when you guys weigh in with the show, you leave us a rating and a review. Uh, the algorithms see that interaction, and it helps BYU fans find the podcast via promotion, but also helps us find BYU fans via our own our own promotion. So check it out, guys. Consider leaving us a favorable rating and review. Those five star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold. And we thank you in advance.
0: That's kabotaorangedays.com
2: All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Let's start off with the schedule today. BYU softball begins playing the Judy Garmin Classic in Fullerton, California, Anderson Family Field. They'll be facing off against Cal Poly at 11 a.m. Mountain Time today, followed with a doubleheader game against Illinois at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. Live streams for both of those games will be available on Flow Softball, which is a subscription site you have to pay to watch the women's softball program in action if you so desire. Uh, Meanwhile, BYU baseball is on the road, beginning a series in New Mexico against the Lobos in Albuquerque at Santa Ana Star Field. That begins at three o'clock Mountain Time this afternoon. There'll be a live stream on the Mountain West Network, and there'll also be a live uh, stream or a live broadcast of the game on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. Uh, So check that out, guys. Should be a fun opportunity to track both BYU baseball and softball this evening. Actually, I guess it's matinee. It's day games for them across the board. So. Watch that this morning slash this afternoon. Hopefully they can come home with a few wins in that regard. Also, women's basketball is in action tonight as they host Pepperdine at the Marriott Center at seven o'clock mountain time. That game will be televised on BYU TV. Also streamed on the BYU TV app and BYUTV.org. Alright, a couple of the notes for you before we go today's congratulations to TJ Haas and Connor Harding. They've been named for the 2019-2020 WCC men's basketball all-academic team. Haas is one of five student-athletes making a repeat appearance on the all-academic team. It is his third overall honor on this. Haas majoring in finance has a 3.46 GPA, while Connor Harding is pre-business major with a 3.26 GPA. Congratulations to both of them. It's fantastic to see both of those guys getting it done in the classroom, and I wish them nothing but the best going forward because I think they've proven that, hey, academic prowess and also guys who are getting it done on the on the court it can they can coexist, and that's really cool to see, so we'll see what happens with the Cougars going forward. And then one final note for you guys is on the men's and women's swimming and diving side of things, There are also all-conference honors handed out by the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. On the first team on the men's side of things, Josue Dominguez, Tyler Edlefson, Nathan Gonzalez, Kimball Mahler, Jared Shaw, Connor Sterling, and Mickey, M- Mickey Strauss were all honorees on the men's side of things, while on the women's side of things, Kennedy Cribs, Gwen Gustafson, Katie Bacchus, Bratney, and Britton Sproul. Britton Sproul, hope I got her name correctly there. We're all first team honorees by the MPSF for their academic uh, achievements in the classroom. So congratulations to all those student athletes. It's not easy to be a student athlete and succeed in the classroom as well as in your uh, sport of choice, but it's cool to see these student athletes getting it done. They deserve those honors that have been handed out to them this week. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Ken, thank you guys enough once again for your continued support of the show. Show. Had a lot to get to on today's show, and it really has been a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Like I said, we will be out at BYU basketball media availability this afternoon, talking with players and coaches. Have a conversation with one of them one-on-one on tomorrow's podcast, hopefully for you guys, as well as previewing the game against Pepperdine, BYU's regular season finale on the men's side of things on Saturday. So, big thank you to all of you who have supported the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that long-form conversation I had with Corbin Kafusi. We're going to do more of those. in in the coming days and weeks here on the podcast because I really do enjoy sitting down with these guys who have graduated from BYU. They have a little more of a perspective. They're a little more removed from their time at BYU and they can speak about it and it's cool to hear their perspective on how things have changed and what they perceive about the program as they kind of move forward in their lives. So we'll have plenty of those conversations coming up over the coming days and weeks as well. All right, thanks again for joining us. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 20th. 27th, 2020, and we will talk to you tomorrow.